Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message. give this crew a, a great big hand this morning. Did they not do awesome? <laughs> we are a talented church. Many talents and many giftings. Amen. Thank you so much, Jacob. Praise team. If you have your Bibles, if you would go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 1. First Samuel chapter 1, and I'm going to start at verse 1. Now there was a certain man from Ramatham, Zophim, from the hill country of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, the Ephraimite. I'm glad we changed names as time progressed. He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah. And I don't know how you get all these names and then you have Hannah. And the name of the other, Peniah. Peniah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man would go up from this city yearly to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. 
And the two sons of Eli, Hophna and Phinehas, were priests to the Lord there. When the day came that Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Peniah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had closed her womb. Her rival, however, would what? Provoke her bitterly to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. It happened year after year, as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she would what? Provoke her. So she wept and would not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep and why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Then Hannah rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She, greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. A razor shall never come to his head. Now it came about as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli was watching her mouth. As for Hannah, she was speaking in her heart, only her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard, so Eli thought she was drunk. Then Eli said to her, How long will you make yourself drunk? Put away your wine from you. But Hannah replied, No, my Lord, I am a woman oppressed in my spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink. But I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a worthless woman, for I have spoken until now of my great concern and provocation. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant your petition that you have asked of him. Then she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Then they arose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned again to their house in Ramah. And Elkanah had relations with Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And it came about in due time after Hannah had conceived that she gave birth to a son and she named him Samuel, saying, Because I ask him of the Lord. Jack Smith, would you please bless the word this morning? Amen. I want to talk to you just for a few moments on the thought of provoked. Elkanah had two wives. So you know right off the bat there's going to be trouble right here. <laughs> the name of one was Hannah. And Hannah means grace and favor. And the name of the other was Paniah, which means jewel, ruby, precious, or valuable. Hannah graced and favored 
was unfruitful. She was unproductive. She was barren. Her womb was dead. When Elkanah gave out portions, the Bible said that he gave Peniah and her sons and daughters portions, but Hannah, because she was graced and favored, she would, he would give her a worthy portion or a double portion. Now, Elkanah had continued and concluded that, you know, he kind of just put in his mind that it didn't matter if, uh, if Hannah ever, ever bore him any children because he had Peniah who was very fruitful. Elkanah had, had, had adjusted to the situation, and so was Hannah. Hannah was uh, adjusted. Hannah was satisfied with the circumstances because she knew she was the favorite wife. And, and, and again, she had all of Elkanah's attention. He, she had all of his affection. So all Peniah was there for was childbirth, it kind of seems. So everything was fine. Everything was going great. They had the arrangement. They had it all figured out. Anybody ever been there before? You thought you had everything figured out. You had all your ducks in a row. It, was, you know, it wasn't perfect, but you knew that, that it served the purpose. Anybody? Anybody here this morning? Then out of nowhere, bam. Something happened that messes up everything. All your plans, all the schemes, they were working, you were tweaking, you were doing all that, and now it's just not working anymore. Something has happened. Now, Peniah starts to provoke Hannah over her, her, her barrenness. The Bible gives us an illustration that basically her words were harsh. Her words were hateful. They were filled with resentment because of jealousy. She did not like it because Elkanah gave Hannah all, the, the, all his love. She was favored. But her words became like arrows and they began to stick in Hannah's heart. First, they just kind of seemed like they had no effect because it sounds like this happened every year. But Peniah does not let up. And eventually it becomes clear that one of her arrows has hit the mark. She's hit that spot and we see that Hannah from that moment is now disturbed over the fact that she is barren. She was content. But now she is disturbed over the fact that she is barren. And has been, she has not borne her husband any children. She, she's just got to the place. And her husband's trying to settle her down and, and say, you know, let me pull you back in. Let me rein you back in. Let's just enjoy what we have. Remember, we have an arrangement. It's working. Am I not better than ten sons? But Hannah has been awakened. Some of us need to be awakened. She's now uncomfortable. She's now dissatisfied. She's now discontent with the things, with the way things are. Some of you need to be provoked this morning. Some of you need to be disturbed this morning and awakened. 
Am I not better than ten sons? You might be. But she said something that pierced my heart and it has awakened me to the fact that there is something better on the inside of me than I've gotten out yet. Can I tell you something? Some of you, you need to become dissatisfied with the things, the way things are. There is something more inside of some of you than you have ever let out. And I'm here today to provoke some of you. Hannah, discontent, discomfort, frustrated, change. She now has a desire. She now has a craving, an expectation that there's something more inside of me than what I've given. Hannah begins to realize there is more than this. I was created for more than just this. She looks past Elkanah. All the love that he's given her, all the favor, all the material blessings now, Adam, it can't satisfy her. She realizes there is something else. I mean, that stuff could not open up her womb. That could not meet her need. In fact, if you think about it, you might even say the same thing about me that Hannah said about Paniah. This pastor is my adversary. He is a thorn in my side. He makes me uncomfortable. I hope I do. He irritates me. I hope I do. In fact, I can't stand him. Paniah provoked Hannah over her barrenness. The point is, Hannah had more inside of her. And if I can provoke you, if I can irritate you, if I can frustrate you to awaken you this morning, to let you know there's something more on the inside of you, my God, I'm going to preach like this every Sunday till you wake up. She was blessed. She was favored, but never reached what her potential was until she was pushed, until Paniah kept provoking My God, I've come to tell somebody, I've come to push somebody, to provoke somebody today to let you know that you've got to push past the status quo of religion. You've got to pass and push past the lukewarmness. Listen to me. We as a church, as a whole, we have been settling for breadcrumbs all of our lives when God has given us the whole loaf of bread. I hope that this morning I can push you past the thought of just sitting in a church pew, never reaching for more, never contending for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, never reaching for the gifts of the spirits, never casting out devils or laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover, to push you past a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, to push you past a religion that just satisfies us knowing that we're saved and the rest of the world is going to hell. That's where the church is right now today. We're we're happy. We're comfortable. I hope I push some of you self-righteous, snooty-nosed Christians who want to sit in church and pass judgment on everybody that don't meet your standards. 
Somebody said, preacher, you're making me mad. Good. Praise the Lord, I finally provoked you. Some of you are the same Christian you were 20 years ago. Some of you are the same Christian you were 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Sadly, some of you are the same Christian you were 50 years ago. I hope I do make you mad enough to realize that there is more and the living and you're living way beneath our benefits. This ain't Christmassy, but the decorations are pretty. I hope before I'm finished, I make some of you so mad that the devil's not stealing, killing, and destroying you any longer. And that you finally realize that you serve a Jesus who has come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. I don't know if Hannah and Paniah ever became friends. I doubt it. But I do know this. If it were not for her adversary, if it were not for Paniah, Hannah would have lived beneath her, her entire life barren, blessed, but barren, favored, but barren, comfortable, but barren, graced, but fruitless. Does that not sound like the church? Blessed, but barren, favored, but barren, comfortable, but barren, graced, but fruitless. Somebody provoked her to believe for more. Somebody provoked her to reach for more. David, somebody provoked her to expect more. And if I can believe for more, if I can reach for more, if I expect more, guess what? I'm going to produce more. And the Bible testifies that Samuel... One of the greatest prophets that ever lived came out of Hannah's womb because somebody provoked her. <laughs> What's inside of you today that the world needs? I don't think we understand that. There is something living inside of us that needs to be birthed because the world needs it. I hope I provoke you. Remember I told you Paniah means jewel, precious, valuable. In other words, what I'm saying is the most valuable thing in Hannah's life was the thing that provoked her to cry out to God for more. Elkanah loved her, but Elkanah wouldn't push her. Elkanah loved her. But he wouldn't provoke her. He didn't want to upset her. Because he was a smart husband. It's nice to be loved. It's nice to be appreciated. It's nice to be pampered. But sometimes you need somebody in your life that will push you and provoke you. The jewels in your life. And the most valuable things in your life are the things, the people that push you and provoke you to become the best that you can be. I'm not the person I am today because my spiritual leaders and teachers always patted me on the head and agreed with everything I said and done and never corrected me or rebuked me. 
No, sir, no, ma'am. If, if it had not been for some good men and good women of God that told me the truth, that corrected me, even when it made me mad, I would have just spent my whole life going through the motions, holding on and hanging out. Thank God I had some people who loved me enough to, to tell me the truth and to instruct me in the ways of righteousness and push me and provoke me. So if I disturb you or agitate you or aggravate you, it's worth it. But I've decided whether you love me, whether you hate me, I'm going to keep on preaching. God didn't call me here to, to bring me back here to be friends. He called me back here to provoke Fountain of Life Worship Center to greatness. And with the grace of God, I believe I'm going to provoke some people to get up and start moving into their destiny. Somebody here today listening to this very sermon, you've been like Hannah. You're saved. You know God loves you. You're favored. You have the grace of God on your life. But the problem is we've become comfortable. We've become satisfied. We've become adjusted. We've, we've just adjusted. Adjusted. There's a cry from the spirit of every true believer for a life that is higher than money, higher than popularity. It's higher than any worldly success. It's higher than religion. Inside the womb of every child of God is a cry for the miraculous. Inside of every one of us is a cry for signs and wonders and miracles. Uh, a cry from the, our spiritual womb of the, the manifestation of the power of God to be fruitful. To birth souls into the kingdom of God. If that's not inside of you, you better check and make sure you're saved. I believe somebody is looking past Elkanah. Because he represents the love, the blessing, the favor. And they're trying and they're going to cry out to God and contend with God for his glory and his power. In other words, somebody today, maybe not everybody, but somebody wants more than this life than to just keep going and being comfortable and satisfied. Somebody's wanting to make an impact. I want you to know that God has given this pastor... This church, a word for today. And some of you need to let the devil know that you are a force to be reckoned with. You have let him push you and push you and push you. And you need to wake up and realize that I am trying to provoke you to be better, to be more than you've ever been in your life. You need to let the devil know that you're not the same person you was when you walked in this building this morning. That you've realized I'm a contender. <laughs> Some of you need to let the devil know. In fact, I'm not just a contender. I'm blessed. I'm favored. The whole mission and operation of the Holy Spirit and the assignment over the fivefold ministry is to bring every single believer to a place of impact.
Ephesians 4. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers, and none of those have went away. If you sit under anybody that tells you there's no longer a, a spirit of an apostle or prophets or evangelists or pastors or teachers, run. Because these very five-fold ministries better be working in an effective church. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. In other words... The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers are to bring believers to a place of impact. Impact means to affect, to have influence. The force of impression of one thing on another to provoke. The aim and the goal of the Holy Spirit, the church, and all her ministries, Larry, it's to bring every single child of God to the place where they don't just want to get to heaven, but they want to make an impact while they're on earth. That's what's wrong with the church. We came to an altar and got saved and said, I'm on my way to heaven, and we have forgotten that before we get there, we have to live a life here on this earth. God did not save us to take us to heaven. God saved us to make an impact on the kingdom today. Oh boy. I'm telling you, living the Christian life, it's attainable. We should be experiencing and manifesting the best of God. The highest and the greatest and affecting and influencing of others. I mean, we should be living our lives with maximum force. I have discovered that a lot of people in the church, we have become extremely comfortable. Comfortable. We're satisfied right where we are. And we don't like it. Angie, when somebody pushes us or provokes us. Again, we've been comfortable for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. We've just kicked, we got saved and we've kicked back in our spiritual lazy boy and we've put it on vibrate and just sitting there and enjoying life. Well, I come to bust your recliner's bubble. If you're comfortable and satisfied, you're not in the will of God this morning. Some people, if you come by and you push them or even, you know, try to push them in the right direction, even if it's for their own good, you have their best interest at heart. If you push them, I promise you, you're not going to be their favorite person. But I love you enough to keep pushing. I love you enough to take the flack. I love you enough to take the criticism. I love you enough to take the hostility. <laughs> I love you enough to keep pushing, even if you think I am a pain in your neck. Because I want every single person in this church this morning, even if they're not here, I want them to experience a life of impact.
Because I know there's something, something inside of us. Wow. Like I said, there's people in this room, they're saved. We know God loves us. We know we're favored. I've heard you preach it 17 straight weeks, Pastor. We know we have the grace of God on our lives, but we've just become comfortable, satisfied, adjusted, and we're settled. And bless God, I'm so settled if you sit in my seat or take my chair or take my ministry, do any of that stuff, I'm going to tell you about it. That's how settled I am. Selena, if you'll come to the piano, I'm going to get in trouble if I don't watch. (laughs) I believe God has sent this word. He stirred me. But I think he sent this word to stir us. I believe God has sent this word this morning to wake up the church. To provoke her and to get her moving. Why do we not get as passionate about Jesus and him coming as we do Trump and Biden? We'll go to war for a recount. Oh boy. I'm preaching to everybody now. It is the truth. Y'all looking at me, I can see fire in your eyes right now. We'll fight that fight every day. But the one that matters most, we sit in our chairs and shut up scared to death. God sent this word to press us, to contend for his presence and his power and his glory. That's what he wants in the church. Let me just say it this way. God sent me here. This morning, to push us, to provoke us. And if you start that, I'm going to preach another hour. Why? Because there's more for us. Shut up in our spiritual womb are resources that we have never touched. I believe there is ministries out of this church that are still to be launched. I believe there are sermons that still have not been preached. I believe there are songs that have not been written yet. (laughs) I believe there's books that have not been written yet. Gifts and talents to share. There are anointings to be released. There are, I'm telling you, There's still some preachers sitting on callings right here in this room. Dreams and visions that are locked up inside of our bellies. And God is here this morning to open some spiritual wounds. There is something about God that hates to see waste. I believe that God is disturbed, Adam, when he sees so much potential lying dormant, going to waste. Some of you already, you realize there's more in you. Somebody right now is waking up 
and making the decision to leave comfortable and to leave convenient. I believe there are places of excellence and greatness, places of impact for this church. Some of you, up until this point, you've been satisfied. Just going around, splashing around in the fountain of blood, knowing that your sins have been washed away and you're going to heaven when you die, and that was enough. But I believe this morning something has started stirring in you. There's something in your belly that you're starting to feel. (laughs) Some of you this morning, there's a Samuel trying to get out. There is a prophetic anointing trying to be birthed inside of some of you this morning. You all are quiet and I'm telling you I'm about to run. There is an apostle stretching on the inside of you. (laughs) That's why you're so uncomfortable right now. (laughs) That's why things that used to satisfy you don't satisfy you anymore because there's something inside of you that God is trying to birth. (laughs) I promise you, that lady over there, She ain't comfortable right now. There's something living inside of her. And in just a couple months, she's going to give birth to another child. (laughs) You want me to tell you why you've been so irritated and agitated? Because there's something on the inside of you that you know needs to come out and you're not allowing it. I believe there are evangelists and teachers and elders and missionaries, authors and musicians and singers and youth and children's workers in the womb that are trying to get out. I'm telling you this morning, the greatest sermons have yet to be preached. I'm telling you this morning, the greatest books have yet to be written. The greatest songs have yet to be sung. The greatest musicians have not even stepped on the platform yet. The greatest works have yet to be done. And the greatest churches haven't even been built yet. Why? Because they haven't been born yet. What's inside of you? There's more. 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 19. Then they got up early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned again to their house in Ramah. And Elkanah had relations with Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. The next verse, (laughs) it's a shouting verse. And it came about in due time, after Hannah had conceived, that she gave birth 
to a son, and she named him Samuel, saying, Because I have asked for him of the Lord. Some of you, due time is here. It's through worship that Hannah's womb was opened. It was through worship that she tapped in to the hidden treasures of God. It was through worship that she broke the curse of barrenness. It was through worship that her womb was opened. Through worship, she became the very instrument God used to birth one of the greatest men and prophets who have ever stepped on the scene. You don't even know. You do not have a clue the full potential that God has placed on the inside of each and every one of you. But through worship, we become a channel of blessing to the world. I believe today as we spend time, we're not praying, we're not asking, we're just going to worship. Some spiritual wombs are going to open. Some spiritual births are going to take place. Ministries are going to be birthed this morning. Gifts and callings are going to be answered this morning. It's been inside of you for a long time. But through worship, it's going to come into manifestation. Somebody's given birth to a new vision. Some of you are given birth to new goals for your life. And as you worship this morning, God is going to bring clarity and understanding. Those frustrations and agitations and irritations and all that dissatisfying things that you've been going through, God is going to align it this morning through your worship. New levels of anointing birthed in this room this morning. New passion for lost souls. Church, just as worship opens the heavens, it also is going to open our spiritual womb. And your spiritual womb becomes a door on this earth through which heaven is manifested. Did not Jesus say out of your belly, out of your innermost being, out of your spiritual womb would flow rivers, not dried up creeks, rivers of living water. Can we stand to our feet and worship? Do you know this morning you were created to worship Him? And I want you, as you worship Him this morning, I want you to discover there's more than you ever dreamed. You're not leaving here like you walked in. Church, we we were created for more than just coming to church. We were created for more than just Waiting on Jesus to come. Can we choose this morning as they get ready to sing? I don't even know what they're getting ready to do. But can we just begin to worship and choose a life of impact? Can we do that right now?
How many's ready to birth what's inside of them? Since I'm provoking, I'm just going to keep going. Some of you have been such a miserable Christian for such a long time. For such a long time, you've been a miserable Christian. You've criticized everybody else. You've talked about everybody else. (laughs) Why? Because you're not willing to do what God has put on the inside of you. So the best way you cope with that is just to talk about everybody else for what they do. How about this morning you get aggravated enough, agitated enough that you finally let what's inside of you out and realize that you can be such a much more happier, joyful human being than... What's inside of you? Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com slash prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click Give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.